This is the Restoration Foursquare Church Podcast. We are a place of new beginnings and hope for the future. We hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Praise God. You know, um, I just love the Spirit of the Lord. I just... You have no idea. Sometimes we... We make God so complicated when he's really so simple. Today, my primary text that I want to come from is John chapter 5, verses 3 through 15. And anybody will tell you, I'm not much... When it comes to doing titles and things like that, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that God just uses on the go. <laughs> I'm not full of a whole bunch of form and fashion. I'm about just getting it done. <laughs> and I love that's just the way God made me, and that's okay with me. But the question that God asked me to present to you today was simply this. Wilt thou be made whole? And I'm looking how God's been orchestrating things this morning. And I just love his spirit. You know, when you look in John, and I'm going to read it, and it says, in those... In these lay a great multitude of infinite folks, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the move of the water. And this was a man who was just laying around waiting for a lot of years, waiting to be healed. It says, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. And Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. And he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man, the impotent man asked, answered him, Sir, I have no man where the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. And took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Now, I want you to take note to this other part. The Jews, therefore said unto him that was cured it is the sabbath day it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed he answered them then he that made me whole the same said unto me take up thy bed and walk then asked they him what man is that which say unto thee take up thy bed and walk and he said he that was healed was not who it was 
In other words, I don't know who it was. But Jesus had conveyed, him, conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus finding him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which made him whole. Now, there's a lot of other verses that the Lord gave me just to back this up. But if you'll notice in here, there's several things that are going on. One, you have a man that's waiting for man to deliver him. Thirty-eight years. He lie waiting for his turn to be healed. Thirty-eight years. He dealt with an infirmity, a problem in his body, a problem that went deeper than his body, a problem that went to his emotional circumstances, a problem that went to even his faith in God and man. Because it seemed like everybody was jumping in the water before him. Nobody was paying attention to him at all. Everybody was about getting their own. And he was never quite fast enough to compete with everybody because of his infirmity. How many of you know sometimes we're the same way? We get to where we look at what's going on around us. We're looking for the answer in people. We're looking for the answer in whatever we can see in front of us. And it just seems like we always come up short. There's always somebody faster. There's always somebody better. There's always somebody who seems to get to the answer before we do. But, you know, I like this verse because... It says, Jesus, when he saw him there, he knew that he'd been there a long time. This man wasn't a stranger. The difference that was happening in this moment right now is that instead of this man being just around people, Jesus was introduced into his life. I'm telling you right now, when Jesus enters into the picture, things change. Things change. They can't help but change. There's something about the presence of Jesus Christ that when he enters the picture, it doesn't matter how long the line is. It doesn't matter how long you've been waiting. The wait is over. The wait is over. See, when he walks in, authority walks in. When he walks in, hope walks in. When he walks in, the healing walks in. 
You see, we got to understand who Jesus is. See, when he came in, he, he didn't come in saying, well, let's see if there's somebody else that needs to put you in the water. In fact, when Jesus came in, the water had no consequence. See, the water was limited in what it was able to do. Because you had to get first to get to the water. Anybody else afterwards, it didn't matter. See, but with Jesus, if you got him, nothing else matters. If you got him, you got everything you need. He told this man, he said, look, and it's funny how he did this. He asked him the question first. Wilt thou be made whole? And that's the question he asked each and every one of us. In other words, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be delivered? Do you want to have the thing that you say that you really have been looking for all these years? Because how many of you know sometimes you can say you want something, but... You can still be kind of like when it, the time comes to receive it, it's like, ah, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it. I want it, but I don't want it. I know I need it, but, Lord, I'm not too sure where it's going to take me, so maybe tomorrow. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You see, that's why when God asked the question of the one man, he said, <laughs> he says, dost thou believe? Yea, Lord, I believe. Uh, Lord, help my unbelief. Because there's that battle that's going on in this flesh that we live in. You see, and God understands that. And how do I know that God says he understands that? He said, because Jesus came in the flesh so he might understand us better. See, he came and dwelt in this flesh so he can really be able to understand us, be able to empathize with us a little bit. In other words, he says, I know what you're going through. Don't believe it? Look back in his word where he was in the garden of Gethsemane. Father, if it be at all possible, let this cup pass from me. His flesh was speaking. His flesh was putting up such a fight, it said it was as he was pouring drops of blood. His flesh was saying, uh-uh, you don't want to do this. You know what's coming. You know the beating that's coming. You know the, the stripes that are coming. You know that crown of thorns that are going to be placed on your head because it's already been written. And you don't want to do that. What are you going to do that for? All these people have done is made fun of you. All they've done is mock you. All they've done is try to find every which way that they can undermine you. And Jesus said, hey, nevertheless, Father. Now check this out. Not my will. But thy will be done. 
Why is that important? Because Jesus was acknowledging for us that we have a will just like he did. I want you to get an understanding of that today. He took ownership for his will. He said, and I got a will that opposes God. While he's in this flesh, he said, understand, we have a will that opposes God. He says this flesh is enmity against God. But here's the key. He said, that's all right. He said, that's all right, because guess what? You can speak to this flesh <laughs> and say, nevertheless, Father, not my will, but thy will be it's okay that you got a flesh. Stop walking around kicking yourself all the time because you got a flesh. We beat ourselves up and waste so much time beating ourselves up, arguing and fighting about this flesh and, oh, how much authority it has and everything else. And God says, no, it's because you acknowledge it so much. Now, think about what he said. He said he'll keep the imperfect peace whose mind is stayed on what? Him. Where's our mind always? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, somebody asked me one time. They said, how come you don't, everybody else is complaining about the heat? Everybody else is complaining about everything. You know, when I'm at work and they're, they're asking about this, you know, and they're wondering, aren't you hot in that? Aren't you so-and-so? I said, no, I never thought about it. <laughs> Why? I spent 20 years in the military. Military trains you. Look, if you're in the desert being shot at, you're not going to take off your body armor. Because it's hot. You will put every layer of Kevlar that you've got on. Your body armor stays in place. And by the way, all those rounds of ammunition and everything else that you got to carry and so forth, that stays with you too. I don't care if it's 120 degrees. I don't care if the sand is flying everywhere. Guess what? You keep on your armor. And you train your mind to act like it's not there. And guess what? After a while, you don't feel a thing. You see, that's why God says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, this thing called a Christian walk, this thing called salvation, this thing about growing in the Lord is about us allowing our mind to be renewed, as the word of God says. You see, we've got to get to the place to where we change our mindset. Understand that soon as you decide you're going to change your mind about something, there's going to be somebody like here 
The man's healed after 38 years. And here you have the people that say, uh, it's a Sabbath day. Uh, why are you carrying your bed? Never mind he's walking. Never mind he's no longer laying on that bed. They're concerned because he's carrying his bed on the Sabbath. How many of you know religion will kill you? We got to stop making this thing so complicated. God just asked the question, wilt thou be made whole? The man said, I think so. Why? Now, notice this. He didn't say, yes, Lord. Jesus said, I'll take up that man, take up your bed and walk. The man gave his answer by what he did. He said, hmm, I guess I will. I don't need the water. The man said this with such a authority. You know what? I'm going to take him at his word. Let me roll up that bed. Let me roll on out of here. So he took up his bed and began to walk. Now, here's the thing. The key to this whole thing is, is when he was questioned about what he was doing. <laughs> he didn't even know who healed him. All he knew was he heard a voice of authority. He heard a voice that touched his soul in a way that said, you know what? I can do this. How many times have God spoken to you? You see, we've got to, when we hear the voice of God, we got to be willing to listen. And be able to listen past the naysayers. Past the people who try to get you focused on the things that don't really matter. The thing got nothing to do with what God is trying to do in you. God's focused on a healing. They're focused on a bed. They want to put them back in that bed. They'd have been happy. Now, these, now I want you to understand these are the religious leaders. Who walked by him every day. They would have been more comfortable. To walk by him on a Sabbath day. Laying in that bed in need. Than they were for him to be carrying that bed today. People it's so important. For us to put our focus on God. It's so important to put your focus on what it is that God is saying to you and what it is that he wants you to do in what he's saying. You see, Jesus doesn't want us laying down. He wants us standing upright. He wants us moving forward. There was a, in Luke 8, 49, 
It says, while he yet spake, there cometh one from a ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered, saying, fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Oh, there's that word again. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father of the mother and of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, weep not. She is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. Now, what was his response? And he put them out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway and commanded, and he commanded to give her meat. In other words, feed the woman. So what's another aspect that we're looking at here? Again, <laughs> what usually is always gets in the way. We look for the answer. The answer comes. But even while the answer is on its way. How many of you know you have prayer lives? And there's a spiritual warfare that goes on in prayer. You need to understand why prayer is so important. It's the things you don't see sometimes that will trip you up. It's sometimes it's the things that you don't see that's keeping that message from being answered. Because there is a battle that's going on in the heavenlies. Because the enemy doesn't want you blessed. Because he doesn't want you encouraged in God. But here you have the individual. They're saying, okay, Jesus. Look. You need to come. And everybody's saying, look, she's dead. There ain't no point in you coming. I remember a similar case with Lazarus. Jesus was never in a hurry. But he's always on time. See, man looks at it from the carnal sense. Jesus, you need to come now. Lazarus is sick. And Jesus said, no, Lazarus is dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there ain't no point in you going now. But Jesus, stay focused. And they were perplexed because in their carnal mind, what's the point of them going now? It's done now. It's over with now. How many of you know sometimes, though, we can get that way? We call on Jesus, and when it looks like things is just gone to the, to, the, to the pits, it's done done and over with, well, I might as well just give up now. Ain't no point. He don't answer it now. Jesus said, no. This isn't about you. It's not about your circumstance. It's about God being glorified. He said, people need to know who God is. 
And sometimes it's in the midst of our greatest turmoil that God is able to be glorified the most when he delivers. See, when they saw the grave, Jesus saw Lazarus coming out of the grave. See, and he saw it before it happened. What's he seeing about your life before it happens? You see, sometimes we've got to learn to look past the, the carnal eye and understand if God's got a purpose for your life. How many of you know God's got a purpose for your life? You see, I saw some hands that didn't go up. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think you're breathing? Why do you think you're alive? Because he has a purpose. He said all things were created by him, for him, <laughs> and for his purpose. All of us have purpose. Every single one of you within the sound of my voice has purpose and potential. See, you have to know that. But you have to know that your purpose and potential goes beyond this earthly thing. It goes beyond this carnal and fleshly thing. It goes to a godly thing. See, you don't waste time making something for nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying here? How many of you waste your time making something? Let me ask you a question. You cook? On occasion? Do you cook good? You try? Okay, who can tell me if you cook good? <laughs> but let me ask you a question. With the effort, do you appreciate that effort? Absolutely. And let me ask you a question. Why do you take the time to make it? See, because you expect it's going to be consumed. And sometimes, even if it may not be the best thing in the world, guess what? He's going to say, mmm, baby, that tastes good. <laughs> you see, because you take time to make something because you think it's going to be worth it. You take the time to make something because of the love and everything that goes into it. And you say, you know what? This thing has purpose. No matter what the purpose is, whether it's going to be because it's going to make somebody happy or whether it be because of the fact that it has that useful purpose where you can put it together and it's going to do something, perform something. Sometimes we don't realize that some people, you ever wonder why some people are made with a smile that radiates so much and you just look at them and you get happy. You just can't help it. You get around that person, you just perk up. You got one of them bad days, and you look at this person, and you're looking at this person, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I wish you'd be down a little bit. At least I'd feel comfortable. <laughs> but they can't help it. They just... And you can't help it. You just, something inside just changes because of that smile. That's a gift from God. Some of us just don't understand the talents and the gifts that God has given us. 
You know what a talent and a gift is? It's something that comes out natural. We try to figure out what's my purpose, Lord. Sometimes just relax and walk in it. Some people have the ability just to hug, a hug that just, somebody said, man, you hug so good. Because you just, there's a genuineness behind it. Some of you, you find out that God just seems like people just gravitate towards you for some reason, and they always want to ask you, well, what do you think? Now, I want to tell you something. I got to tell you this with caution. So when they say, what do you think? Now, understand, they're coming to you because there's a natural gift that God has put in you. Now, think about this. God says, think not what you should speak in that appointed hour, but in that appointed hour, the Holy Spirit will give you what to speak. So when you give advice, it needs to be godly advice. Not what you think. But what God gives you in order for them to think right with him. Does that make sense? It's really important for us to do this. Because that's a gift from God. God says no man can come unless they're they're drawn by the spirit of God. And it's the spirit of God. There's something in you that's causing people to draw on. I sat there. I'm going to tell you what. When I was growing up. and 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 at the time I didn't understand it all. People would always come to me all the time looking for advice. And I'm going, why are they coming to me? I've got enough stuff. <laughs> Trying to figure out my own life. You got to remember, this is from a little guy coming on up. And I'm going, but the Lord endued me with patience. He would always give me answers. Because as a little boy, I would be talking to God in the woods. I'd walk around talking to God because I felt like, Lord, uh, you know, I just need some answers because I don't know. Trying to figure out life. Felt like an alien. Seriously. Some of you nodding your head because you know what I'm talking about. Felt like, Lord, I I just feel like, for some reason, I feel like I just don't belong here. See, that scripture where God says, though you're in this world, you're not of this world, it makes sense to me. Because I realized I was created for God's purpose. I'm in a foreign land. I was planted here for a reason. And it had nothing to do with this world. So it was not uncommon for me to think I'm an alien. My wife's from England. She, she was, I used to joke with her all the time about her being an alien. <laughs> so she got a green card. She was an alien for a while. Now she's a citizen, so she's not an alien anymore. <laughs> but that's what I mean. You, you're in a foreign land. And the spirit of God was always drawing on me. So I never felt quite like I fit into this, this world. And you know what? That's good. I'm okay with that now because I know where I fit in. I fit into the kingdom of God, and guess what? That's better than this world. 
See, so if you're feeling like you don't fit in, understand that's a good thing. God has a purpose for your life. And it's got nothing to do with finding all that you can find on this earth. It's about saying, Lord, what is it you have for me to do? Because one of the things I found out when I went back and when I finally acknowledged my call in the ministry, the Lord had me go back and look up my name. Because I never knew Jordan. And then I realized my name means the descender, the watering place. Isn't it funny how God does things? If you look in the Bible, names have meanings. Names speak your destiny sometimes. And I said, wow, Lord. I, I guess I need to make sure I stay tight with you because you're going to hold me accountable for the things I tell people. But see, that's the thing. You can't be afraid to find your destiny in Christ. Your joy and your peace will come when you find your meaning for being on this earth. And your initial meaning is to love God and to let God love you. Now, I'm going to say this, and I need to say it again because it's very important for you to get this. For you to love God, but also for you to let God love you you because it's very easy for us to say I love God the hard part is for us to let God love us how many of you know sometimes you have a hard time receiving love because of trust you have a hard time receiving love because you've been hurt and betrayed because of it. You opened your heart. And the disappointment came in. But see the idea is to understand. God. Loves you. With a pure love. With a righteous love. And his love says. I want what's best for you. I want what's going to be, th th that's going to bring out the best in you, that's going to do the best for you. And so we have to allow him to do that. And here's the truth of it, people. Sometimes we run from God's love because of that very fact. I love you, Lord, but. I know that you love me. But you'd love me too much to leave me the way I am. So I'll let you love me from a distance. I'll come to you when I need your love. Right now, I'll kind of run with what I got. Are you hearing me this morning? See, this goes back to will thou be made whole?
See, because in order to be made whole, you got to come to that place to where you say, Lord, I hear all the naysayers. I hear and see all the infirmities of my flesh. I see all the stuff that I've been dealing with for 38, 40, 50 years. All of that stuff is familiar to me. But Lord, I need to put all that down. I need to let go of all that because I need to be able to get up and walk. I'm tired of waiting for other people to save me. I'm tired of waiting for other people to put me in a position to where I can be healed. I'm tired of waiting for the situation and the circumstances to change around me so something changes within me. I've got to be willing, Lord, to take up my bed, roll it up, and walk away from what I've been looking at to heal me before. I've got to accept that you're the answer. I've got to accept that, you know what? <laughs> Together... We can do this thing. You see, that's what this thing is with God. You're doing it together. Now, the reason I say we're doing it together is because guess what? We also sometimes go to the other extreme. We want God to do it all. Well, God, when you do that, then I'll. No, God says, no, we're doing this together. We're doing this together. We're doing it together, sis. See, I can do, now notice this. I can do all things through Christ. Who what? Uh-oh, what's he strengthening you for? To do all things. Are you getting that verse now? See, so it's, you're doing it together. See, he can speak to you and tell you you're healed. But then you got to be willing to take that thing and lift up that bed after you done stood up off of it. Because you ain't going to roll the bed up when you're still in it. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? How many of you try to make a bed while you're still laying in it? How's that work for you? <laughs> See, that's the thing. You got to get up out the bed. Get up out of the bed and go. Now, notice what he says. When you get up, that act of faith brings deliverance. It brings deliverance. And here's the thing. He says, by your getting up and walking in his direction, you walked away from sin. And that's why he said to the man back here, he says, go and sin no more. He says, in fact, don't go back to sin, at least the worst thing come upon you. See, in the second verses that I read, he had, a, he had the naysayers that was there who was asking, didn't do it. But God said, look, get them even out of the room. 
The only people I want around me is faithful people. I want people that's going to sow some good stuff. One of the things you got to do is stop all the negative inputs. If you got people ain't sowing something good in your life, time for you to step away from it. Step away from it. Change your environment. Change your environment. Change the input. Sow some good ground. Let me ask you a question. We're coming up on a springtime here. How many of you got nice lawns? Nice flower beds? Plan on growing something. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would deliberately sow weed seeds into your yard? No? Why? See, all it's going to do is make you more work, right? Hard to, ooh, I like that. Hard to get rid of. Well, let me ask you something. What are the weeds that you're sowing in your life? Think about it. I'm trying to live for Jesus. What's on TV tonight? <laughs> That's all right, baby. <laughs> See, I'm trying to live for Jesus. You want me to come over where? Oh, I'll be there in a minute. Uh-oh. What are you sowing into your life that's making your life more complicated, that's making your life harder to live for Jesus? You see, we have to ask ourselves, have I truly taken up my bed? So I can walk. Have I gotten to the place where I, 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 I've, I've let a, all the stuff that try to come into my life not speak to me? You got to get to a place as a Christian where sometimes when the enemy comes and sometimes the enemy can be, like we said, your own flesh. You got to be able to say, talk to the hand. You got to be able to do that. How many of you can do that to your own flesh? Talk to the hand. I ain't got time for you. I know you've been around me for a long time. You and I have been through a lot. But guess what? I'm going to help you out. <laughs> That's got to be our attitude. We take authority over this flesh. It no longer has authority. When Jesus tells you to rise up, you rise up and you rise up with power and you rise up with authority. And it doesn't matter because once this man knew it was Jesus, he said, yeah, it was Jesus. Don't make no apologies for it. When you're healed, give glory and honor to Jesus. 
He said, if you'll be ashamed before him, about him before men, he'll be ashamed of you before the Father. So I make no apologies for my Lord and my Savior. Because he's the one who cleaned me up. He's the one that protected me and continues to protect me. I'm in a different battlefield, but guess what? He still protects me. In fact, this battlefield sometimes is worse than the other one. But see, no weapon formed against me can prosper. And ain't no man going to take me out before I finish what God wants me to do. You see, you got to know your purpose for God. And if you know your purpose for God, you know ain't nothing going to happen to you until that purpose is fulfilled. So you got to focus on what he has for you. See, I'm telling you right now, you're, you're no different than this man. You're no different than this woman. God says he's not a respecter of persons. The same thing he did for them, he'll do for you, your family members, your children, and your children's children. I thank God I stand here right now and I'm thinking how quickly time has gone by. You know, I got 11 grandkids. I sit there and I'm going, Lord, have mercy. And they all came out of two kids. <laughs> They've been busy. <laughs> but you know what? We weren't always saved. Even when I talk to God, and, I, and the Lord's just telling me I need to share this, and I'm going to. Even when I talk to God as a child growing up, knowing the purpose and knowing things that he put in my life, I still had to prove who I was as a man. I went to the Air Force and went crazy. Seriously. Just went nuts. How many of you ex-military in here? Uh-huh. You know what it's like, don't you? You go in there and you're going to prove you're a man, prove you're a woman, prove you're going to be your own self. Why? Because when I was young, I was on drugs. Not those kind of drugs. <laughs> I'm talking about my mom and daddy drug me to church. <laughs> You see, so I had to get to the point to where I had to find God for myself. Because I realized after a while, I was riding on my mom and daddy's coattails. It was about their faith. It's about me being, being the son that made them proud. And being the foolish person that I was, I felt like finding my own self meant going out and doing everything I could possibly do that's the opposite. 
made one big mess of my life. One big glorious mess. Put everything at risk. Family, marriage, you name it. It was all my creation. But God. I remember coming back to my mother and father's church. And my mother always liked me to be in uniform. Proud mama. Kept every news clipping of every accomplishment I ever made in the military. And I remember coming in and I had all these medals across my chest because I was, I was a worldly conqueror now. I'm going to tell you that. I was, anything I went, I went for the gusto. I come home, all these medals and awards and stuff across my chest and sitting back in there. And I'm going to tell you where that preacher hit me square between the eyes. I hadn't been home in years. And the word that he was given that day, it was a word that let me know that I needed my father in heaven. And I walked up to that altar knowing that I could not do this by myself anymore. I walked up to that altar full military dress, medals across my chest, and just fell to my knees and cried like a baby. Just saying, Lord, I can't do this by myself no more. I need you in my life. I need you to come back to me, Lord. And God said, I never left you. I was the one. He was right there. I just didn't want to see him. People, I'm here to tell you, God sees you. He's right here for you. He's never left you. He's always been here, and he always will be here. We just got to be willing to acknowledge him. We got to be willing to see him. And then we got to be willing to hear him and what he's got to say. He simply says, take up your bed. Don't worry about where you're going. He says the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by God. And it made me think about my military experience. You got orders. What did you do? You fulfilled the orders. You went. Sometimes your destination was classified. You didn't know. But you knew that when you got there, you were going to do your job. People with God, you're not going to know everything. You got to get comfortable with that. See, what holds us back a lot of times is we want to know every part of the plan. But you know, I got a saying. If Christian life is boring, you're not doing it right. See, the exciting part is not knowing. 
I need to get, you need to get this now. The exciting part is not knowing. There you go. There's no time for boredom. Lord, you want me to do what? You walking around in Walmart. The Lord says, just tell that person I love them. You want me to tell them what? <laughs> but, 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 Lord, you see what this person looks like? Lord says, yeah, I know. I have need of them. But first, you have to introduce them to my love. Okay, Lord. Hey, uh, brother. Uh, Lord said he loved you. Really? Did he tell you anything else? You see, that's what we're worried about. God said, just give them the message. Let me worry about everything else. You just do your part. Even if sometimes it may be, Lord, woman, tell you he loves you. And you just walk on on. If that's all he told you to do. He didn't tell you to go give him a sermon. So we say, well, I got to do it. Lord called me to preach. No. He just called you to give a message. And you know what I'm talking about. People get carried away. Well, I can't do that because that may be the beginning of something big. I ain't going to do that. Were you standing in that line? Were you sitting there and you paying for your groceries? And that person behind you, they may look all well-to-do. You sitting there and you thinking, yeah, but this, this, and you pay for this, and you sitting there, oh yes, please. And the Lord said, oh, by the way, pay for that one. <laughs> uh, Lord, you see how much they got over there? <laughs> yes, I know. The Lord says, now here's the thing. Do you trust me to provide for you? You tithe in faithfully. And I've told you, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor my seed begging bread. Okay, Lord. going to say about this. <laughs> mm -hmm. You see, but you got to get to that place where it's an adventure. It's an adventure. You're learning to hear the voice of God as you go through it. And at the same time, you're starting to see people because all of a sudden you'll find that person who looked like they had a lot. And all of a sudden they just break down weeping. I was getting this, but 
wasn't sure how I was going to make my car payment. I wasn't sure how I was going to do this because my husband left me and now I'm in ruin and my wife has done this and so forth and everything else. And next thing you know, that whole life story is filling up my head. And it's all right. God's got you because he's the one who led me to do this. So he's watching over you. You see what I'm saying? People, I'm telling you, it never gets boring. It never gets boring. I'm telling you, I never know what he's going to have next. <laughs> and if it ain't boring for me, guess what? It ain't boring for her. Because Lord knows. What you doing now? <laughs> but people, I'm telling you, it's exciting living for God. Every single day is something new and exciting. Why? Because it's not about you anymore. You're the most boring person there is. You are. When it's all about you, you're the most boring person there is. All you're doing is surviving. When you make it about others, you're thriving. How do I know that? God's principle. Give, and it shall be given unto you. See, a lot of times the reason we ain't getting is because we ain't giving. Saying, I ain't talking about money. Yeah, God expects your tithe and all that good stuff, yeah, and everything else. To me, that's normal. But it's what we give of ourselves. Our willingness to give time to others. Just to give a moment of joy to somebody else. And you'd be amazed at what, now let me ask you something. When you do something good for others, how does it make you feel? You see, think about it. You walk around like this all the time. Because you, you holding everything in. You ain't giving nothing. You ain't giving no joy, so you ain't getting no joy. You ain't giving no peace, so you ain't getting no peace. Whatsoever you sow. People, what time is it, Brian? Because I don't have my watch with me. All right. That clock's wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. But listen, what I want you to get is this. Each one of us has the ability to be made whole. Every single one of us without exception. But what you want to do is understand this isn't about Jesus doing all the work. You have to first have the ability to receive. Just like any gift. Just like any gift. Let me, let me show you something here. Hey, sweetie. I got a hand right here. Are you willing to receive what I have in my hand? You sure? You don't know what's in it. You still want it? You positive? Absolutely. <clears throat> Hold out your hand. You sure? No matter what. Are you going to take responsibility for it? You ready? 
Hmm. Now let me ask you a question. Ah, and what did she say? Why is that important? Do you remember the lepers? See, she didn't just take it and run. She said, I want to acknowledge the one who gave it to me. You see? Now, what did you get, baby? Oh, uh-huh. And look at that smile on her face. <laughs> that man had a pocket full of quarters. <laughs> but see, just that quick, just that quick, God said, do that. And I did it. She received a blessing. Why? Because she was willing to put her hand out and say, okay, Lord, I want what you have for me. Not knowing what was in there. But she was willing to receive it. And she received it. She said, thank you, Lord. Boom. And now, guess what? It's hers. She can do whatever she wants with it. You can walk with it. You can spend that. You going to enjoy that? Uh-huh. You see? <laughs> But that's the whole idea. That's how quickly things change. Now, let me ask you a question. By just watching her receive that, what did it do for you? You see what I'm saying? When you bless that person in Walmart and somebody else is watching and witnessing and you don't even know. And you. Encouraged. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? A little laughter, a little joy. So if you have the joy of the Lord, you can pass on the joy of the Lord. If you have the peace of the Lord, you can pass on the peace of the Lord. When you're willing to take up your bed and walk, guess what? You can cause everybody else to take up their bed and walk. It's all about just saying, Lord, you're the authority. And Lord, you know what? I want to be the person who affects other people's lives. So yes, Lord, I will be made whole. See, God wants you complete. Amen? How many of you know that to be true today? How many of you know that God is good? Amen. God is good.